Hello, and welcome to SB Talk. I'm Julia Miles Davis, a mom, wife, self-care advocate, lover of a good outfit, and a few sips of tea. This is SB Talk, a podcast where I share my perspective on trending topics, parenting, relationships, love, friendship, and life issues. SB Talk is sponsored by my image consulting company, Simone Vivian. Thanks for joining me today. Let's talk. Hello. I'm your host, Julia Miles Davis. My guest today is Etta Coleman. Etta is the beauty and brains behind a movement to empower women. As the co-founder of All In Together, Women Leading Change, Etta strives to close the gender gap in political and professional leadership. As a mother of three girls, her desire to see change goes beyond her civic service where she served in administrations for several governors. Now, she seeks to bring awareness and create traction that will drive change to increase the number of global Black executives. Hi, Etta, and welcome to SV Talk. Thank you, Julia. I'm so glad to be here. I've been looking forward to this. I am so excited as well, and my pleasure to have you. So you've been recognized by publications such as Forbes and Essence, the recipient of countless awards honoring your commitment to change and outstanding leadership. How validating is it when you're seen for the work you do? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. It's it's very validating, especially when it's from your own. Mm-hmm. And that means so much, but it just, you know, inspires you to do more, um, to make more of an impact, to touch more lives. And so I don't take it for granted, but at the same time, I know that's part of the process in, of doing the work. Yeah. You know, I always wonder what's behind a person's passion. And for you, was it something that you absorbed as a young girl? Did you hear your parents discussing certain topics? Did you witness something in your adult life or, you know, have a personal experience? You know, um, growing up, I, along with so many others, you know, would go to t-ball and softball and soccer and ballet on the weekends, but we also campaigned. We canvassed for mm-hmm. various local political uh, races. I'm from Springfield, Illinois. And we even campaigned for uh, the first U.S. senator from, uh, Black woman senator from Illinois, Kara Mosley Braun. And that type of uh, awareness, that type of um, impact that my family had on the local community really is the catalyst to um, that helped me become, you know, the person I am, but also want to give back to the community. One of the things my grandmother would say to me all the time is we are here not for ourselves, but we are here on this earth to help someone else along the way. And that is something that I will always carry with me. And I tell our, our kids that too, we are here to help someone along the way. If it's a smile that you offer someone, a compliment, a hug, or even just a kind word, if that helps their life that day or months from that day or weeks from that day, and, it, and they can remember that, or it just helps them, you know, move past whatever challenge they were um, experiencing, then it's all worth it. I frequently teach my children to be kind, but I think I'm going to add impactful to that mm-hmm. to make a difference. Do you recall the age when you became comfortable being a leader? That is, um, <laughs> well, you know, I was a completely different child. I was very shy. And it wasn't until I was in probably middle school, seventh and eighth grade, where I started to grow into my own. And, 
become a leader. I had amazing teachers. Uh, Mrs. Brooks was in fourth grade. I talked to her today. She's friends with my mother. I hear about her and her kids and and everything. It's been uh, one of the instrumental figures in my life. Um, And I'll never forget, she said to me, you're a great writer. You don't know what you don't know until it's been, you're validated, as you Mm -hmm. mentioned before, or someone pointed out. And so that was a spark for me in fourth grade. And then it was carried into middle school where I had another teacher share the same compliment. And from there, it's where I became a leader in writing. I became a leader with the multicultural club (laughs) back then, right? And in other organizations within middle school and with the, you know, the great teachers that we have and that we all have hopefully experienced in our lives. Those are the moments that I take with me that helped me become the leader I am today and, and kind of spark that um, that interest in leadership. We all hear frequently like, oh, you know, there's power in words, but it is so true. You never know one what someone's going through, you know, when you see people daily and just saying something nice or saying something kind, just a little pat on the back or encouraging words. We don't think that it, you know, might go as far as it does. And so for your teacher to have said that to you and it literally ignited, <laughs> you know, you in, in that way. It's awesome. Yes. I mean, it really, it made all the difference. And so the fact that it was repeated by other teachers mm-hmm. uh, throughout my K through 12 existence was not only the encouragement, but the nourishment, right? That you need as a person, um, especially as a child. Yeah. So as a mother, in what ways Do you encourage your daughters to go against the norm and allow them to march to the beat of their own drum? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Vivo. That's one of the favorite movies here in our house. Yes. Vivo. And and I, um, especially the Missy Elliott version. I love that one. Um, And so do my girls. It's such a great movie. I will say we instill, you know, their faith. We're, We're people of faith. We're Christians. And that is the foundation, right, from which we start a lot of things and instilling who they are as leaders and and that they're able to be, you know, whoever they want to become. We allow them to speak their mind here at home. And sometimes that backfires, right? Because (laughs) you're like, okay, that's great. You're so firm in your convictions, but not here, Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? But it's great because we're building leaders. Um, I always say to my husband, Bernard, we have Dora Milaje warriors here at home. Um, oh, I as, love it. You know, as in Wakanda, mm-hmm. because we want them to be just those brilliant, magical, respectful, and confident girls who can do anything and know they can do anything. And I always say to them, remember who you are and, and where you came from in your family. And remember who you are and whose you are. You know, you're a child of God and you're a Coleman and you represent so much, but you you don't stand alone. So many people, ancestors behind you, encouraging you, lifting you up. And I think that is helpful um, as well in inspiring them, sharing stories uh, of family, our ancestors, um, what they did to overcome so many challenges, not to put pressure on them, but to show them and, and get them to understand their history and what they can do no matter what. Yeah. So 
maturing can be a roller coaster in terms of recognizing what needs to be done and actually doing it. Letting go of things that people um, see you as and letting go of people can be hard. Growth, you know, some would say is a natural thing. However, I believe you have to want it and you have to be ready to welcome the change. As we grow, though, we shed layers of ourselves. What layers have you had to shed in order to fit into the woman you are now? The layer of imposter syndrome. Oh, um, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that really takes over. But the, also the layer of like, what if someone doesn't know what I'm talking about or, or doesn't respect me? Who cares about that? Right. Who cares about that in the grand scheme of things? And shedding the layer of being somewhat uh, shy, right, as Mm -hmm. I was as a child. But also, I would say, as of late, well, the past couple of years, three years, when our youngest daughter, Quinn, was born, I lost my hearing during her childbirth. And so I wear hearing aids now. And shedding the, I will say, um, uncomfortable feeling of now wearing hearing aids and being okay with um, telling my story has been a lot the past you know couple of years. And then also, I would say shedding of the skin that just being comfortable in your own skin. So shedding that the opposite of that. Yeah, too. That's so key. And you know, now that I'm in my fourth level, <laughs> 40, <laughs> if you will, there is a comfortable feeling you know, that you kind of walk into your own and you become that person that is so very just comfortable with who you are. And that allows you really to soar. It's liberating, right? There's nothing holding you back um, and no one holding you back. And so shedding all that uncomfortable feeling and and lack of is is just, I think, the biggest thing of all. It really is. I mean, you nailed it with the word liberating. Not having to fit into a mold that, well, I'll just speak for myself, that I created for myself. Mm -hmm. I created this image of, you know, the life that I wanted and where I wanted to fit in and who I wanted to socialize with and what events I wanted to go and places I wanted to be and what people thought. And I was driving through Rock Peak Park. It was sunny out and the the sun was coming through the trees and there's a beautiful drive. And I was thinking to myself, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Who cares? It's not that it's not that big of a deal. If someone doesn't want to include you, who cares? If mm-hmm. you know, if you are have to make your own way, who cares? I no longer care. And the word care, I am <laughs> saying in in place of another word. Yep. Yep. I know. Um, <laughs> no, like, I, yeah. It's yeah. just, it really is not, um, it's not worth the energy that I was giving it. Mm-hmm. Basically it's not worth the energy that I was giving it. And I am just going to redirect that energy elsewhere yes. and move forward. So yes. yes. Growth. Right. Yep. But it takes a while. It does. It, it is something that we all struggle with, especially as women. We have so many challenges and people who depend on us, but then we also want to, you know, be included in so many mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. it really, I think, came to a head for me 
after Quinn was born, our second daughter, Bailey. Uh, and then again, when Quinn was born, it's like, there's something that happens after you have a child. Yeah. There's an exclusion. <laughs> that oh, happens. yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, you see your friends having fun. You see the invitations dwindle <laughs> to mm-hmm. events. And you're like, wait, I want to be invited. I would actually be given the option. Yeah. Right. And you're in your feelings and all these things and you experience it. And then I think when Quinn was born, I was like, you know what? I don't care. Just like what you're saying, mm-hmm. Julia, like, who cares? Who cares? I will see them when I see them, if I see them, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm okay. It, But it takes some time. There's like a, that fear of missing out, but also you want to be with your friend. You want to experience those things. And it takes a while to just be like, it's okay if I miss out, if I'm not there. Yeah, it does. It's unfortunate that it takes so long for it. I just wish that I had come to this realization sooner. It would have mm-hmm. saved me so much. Um, you know, I will say pain. It was hurtful. It was yeah. hurtful. Yeah. Um, I will say pain. It would have saved me so much pain. Yeah. But I just have to be grateful for where I am now. And yes. I'm able to see it so so clearly. Indeed. Yes. So women work so hard to capture the dreams they've been taught by society to want, from being married to having children, career benchmarks. However, I frequently hear that they still have a void and continue to find emptiness at the end of an achievement. And therefore they continue to chase a feeling. Have you ever experienced a similar feeling after an accomplishment, you know, a void, the natural high that quickly fades and that leaves you chasing the next achievement? If not, how have you been able to separate the feeling of accomplishment from that of happiness? Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, that was a long question. Oh my gosh, I struggle with that. I'm a very type A perfectionist, um, something that I, I struggle with. And there are opportunities that present themselves with that challenge because it is, it's both a strength and a weakness. And I think when, as someone who's very type A, as someone who's a perfectionist, you win something or you're, you know, granted something or something works out, you're like, okay, the next thing, it's nothing is ever good enough, which is not great, right? Because you're constantly looking for that next win. And oftentimes I think as women, we don't rest, we don't reset. And that's where the opportunity lies for, for anyone mm-hmm. really. And um, I, I think in resetting, you can kind of get a bird's eye view of what can happen next and how to plot out, you know, your plan or your strategy for your life or your career or your family, but there needs to be a reset. And again, something that I realized in my fourth level, after Quinn was born, I had a lot of time to to think um, during the pandemic, right? To kind of like, okay, what is it that makes me happy? So I don't have to continue to chase that perfectionism, that feeling mm-hmm. of, okay, a win here, a loss here. Oh gosh, what am I going to do? A win, win, win. And that has helped so much that kind of, it's, it's so much like growth mindset, right? That resetting. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's something we all should consider as women, as we have so many pressures from daily life, but also as we continue to grow and strive for whatever our dreams are and our goals are for ourselves personally, but also our family and our kids. Yeah, no, I agree. I also think that a lot of it comes from 
women wanting to reach those levels or thinking that that is something that others want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that not only adds pressure, but then once you reach that goal or obtain that dream that you wanted, because it wasn't all yours, you feel empty. Yes. And so I just encourage my daughter and women that I speak with, you know, these things that society places on us, you know, these benchmarks, these, you know, being married by this time, having kids by this time, if that's not what you want wholeheartedly at that moment in your life, there's no need to rush it because when it happens, you know, you're still feeling lost. You know, it's also because that wasn't all your dream. That wasn't all of what you wanted at that time. So I feel like that weighs in on it too. And I, um, I agree with you saying the reset. It's almost like the, when you're upset and you you write the letter out, but don't send it yet. You just take, yeah. <laughs> you know, just take a beat. Yeah. Just take a beat. Um, so I agree with that as well. Yeah, and, and just to build off of like what you were saying, sharing with your daughter, some of the things that we share with our kids, our daughters, it's like it's okay to start over, or it's mm-hmm. okay that your dreams change, right? Mm-hmm. But you want to leave it all on the field. We only have one life and you want to leave it all in the field. You never want to regret anything. And so I I share that to say, I, I want them to live a full life. We want our kids to live a full, beautiful, healthy, happy life, right? Understanding there may be challenges and situations, right? Where they have to reset or pivot, but at the same time, leave it all in the field. <laughs> yep. Right? Just, yeah. just leave it all in the field. So, yeah. How would you describe the relationship you have with yourself? And would you agree that the relationship you have with yourself affects the relationship you have with others? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. The relationship I have with myself now is really, I am, I am happy with who I am becoming because we're still like, we're still growing people. Mm -hmm. Right. And Again, it's a lot of introspection, analysis, therapy, journaling, and, and praying, mm-hmm. you know, prayer, mm-hmm. and hearing that still small voice. So it's a lot of work you have to do on yourself. But I find that when I am healthy, when I am happy, content, and I'm good with God, then everything else flows well. But yeah. if something is off, my relationship with God is off. I haven't been praying as much. I haven't been reading my scripture. I haven't been talking to God. Then it kind of like everything gets off. That That's for me. Yeah. And um, the whole house can feel it. The whole house can feel it. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a lot of that introspection that, you know, just really trying to figure out, okay, what makes me happy? What will continue to ignite that spark in me? What am I passionate about? And what can I do in the meantime while I build on this passion or try to figure out or, you know, flesh out the passion, you know, the work. And it just is constant prayer, like I mentioned before, and and a a lot of other things, talking with others, having a kitchen cabinet of friends, right? Mm -hmm. You have your kitchen cabinet of friends that you can lean on. You have those mentors or those supporters that you could talk to that also offer feedback. Feedback is a gift that that offer feedback so that you can continue to build mm-hmm. that better self. So it's, it's a lot of things, but those are the things that really help me 
be as happy as I can be and content. And then that also inspire me to end my relationships with everyone else, my family, friends, career outside of that. Um, and, and on and on. So, yeah. Okay. So I literally live to be content. That is what I live for. Mm-hmm. And um, I had posted this question to a female I had on and interviewed about how people can view contentment as a negative because some people see it as no longer going after something or settling. And I feel completely different about it. I feel like it means to me that I am happy with where I am and what I have. I am accepting that maybe something didn't happen for me. I have accepted it and I am living in the life that I have been given and I am no longer chasing anything. And so for me, I just want to be content. Mm-hmm. I want, yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'm, because I admire you so much and because you said that, I'm literally cheesing from ear to ear right now because <laughs> I feel so validated in my feelings. Yes. It, it Contentment is key. You know, it's like, I like fly fishing. My husband makes fun of me oh, because- cool. I've only been fly fishing once, you know, went fly fishing in Aspen with some friends and, but I love it. Um, It was so, I was content and you know why you're sitting, you're standing up, you have all this gear on, you're in a stream. It is quiet. You are one with nature. You just hear the water rushing through, rushing past as you like catch and release, catch and release. And it is the most quiet, relaxing moment that you could ever have. You're standing in the middle of a stream. And I, I see contentment as that stream is just flowing. It's quiet. It's not rushing past. It's not, you know, it's not bumpy. It's not stormy. It's just flowing the way it should. That's contentment to me. The yeah. opposite of that is like a rocky, you know, a huge wave comes or something. That is, uh-uh, I don't want that. I want just steady, easy water. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that is crazy. Yeah, it's like you see God in those moments. You yeah. see his work and you're living in it and you're like, wow. Yeah. And you're grateful and you and don't you're take grateful. it and you're like, this is it. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So I was reading an article and a woman said that there's a part of me that is totally comfortable projecting my pain and a part of me that is absolutely terrified to take center stage with my joy, end quote. She recognized that she, in order to be relatable, or accepted that she could only express her suffering. Why do you think women unite over pain rather than victories? Mm, Because I think in some form or fashion, we have been taught that the victories don't happen as often as the Mm. pain. And when it should be the opposite, right? We should celebrate the victories and sit in those victories and share those victories But there's a lot of things that come with that, that come from other people, the insecurities that other people may feel if you get a victory. They may not be happy for you. The insecurity you have within yourself, as we were just talking a few minutes ago, like, what's next? What's my next victory? How long do I have until that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think with the pain, with the, when we sit in that together, it's like, oh, that's misery loves company. I mean, that thing, that is true. That saying is so true, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And I think that's something that we can all commiserate around easily without having those insecurities, unfortunately. Yeah. 
but I'd rather sit in the in the victories and the celebration. I'm happy for all of my friends. I'm happy for any woman, anyone that is winning. Yep. Because you know what? There's enough sunshine for everybody. Yep. And I think the sooner we all understand that and see that and feel that and believe it, the better it will be. But there's enough sunshine for everyone. I love that. I'm happy to use that. There's enough sunshine for everyone. Tracy Ellis Ross say that. I don't know where. So if your life were a book and all of the pages that it took for you to get here, what's the best chapter so far? The chapter I'm in now, chapter four. Chapter four. <laughs> chapter yeah, four. I'm in chapter four. So chapter four. Okay. I'm comfortable with who I am. Um, my faith is strong. My family is happy and healthy. And I'm doing the work. My family's doing the work in terms of helping make the world better, making an impact, touching people's lives. And I'm grateful for the challenges that brought me here. Um, and I'm grateful for the victories as well. And I'm content. I love it. Here's a quote. You're only as strong as your readiness to surrender. Mm. When you hear this quote, what area of your life would you relate it to and why? Surrendering, Lord. It's that old hymnal. Mm. <laughs> that hymn that's like, <laughs> I surrender all. I surrender all. all that comes to mind. I mean, and that's the truth. You have to let go. You just give it to the Lord. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. That the sooner you do that, the sooner you you stop that worrying. What is that? That Jeremiah 29, 11 or whatever it is. I may be wrong on the scripture, but do not worry for anything. Um, and the sooner you give it to the Lord, whatever it is, happy or sad or victory or challenge or, you know, loss, the better it will be for you. That is a burden that you don't need to carry. No, he'll carry it for you. Mm hmm. Yeah. What areas of your life do you feel you need to lean into more or opt out of more? I'm a busybody, so I need to lean out of being a busybody. Um, busybody mean I say yes a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, that it, it can be um, a bit draining because I do say yes. But again, that goes back to what I said earlier about leaving it all in the field. But to the point where I'm not like, burning myself out or what have you. I'm not drained, but I do need to say yes less. So I need to lean out of that. But I will say to lean in, I guess I need to lean in to just to that self-care, but also just to, to, to really becoming person that is speaking out and that is continuing to make an impact. That will never change for me. That is key. That is nourishment for me. And continuing to help uh, is 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 something that I will always lean into. Oh, Edda, we're going to end it there. That was perfect. That was perfect. Thank you so very much for your time. Yeah. I am so glad that you came on SV Talk. Yes, thank you, Julia. I am so grateful for the time, the conversation. I have enjoyed myself and um, look forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Subscribe to my podcast and visit SimoneVivian.com. Let's talk again.